The Bilderberg Group is an annual off-the-record conference established in 1954 to encourage dialogue between Europe and North America. The group's agenda, originally to prevent another world war, is now defined as bolstering a consensus around a free market, Western capitalism, and other global interests. Participants include only the most elite political leaders, experts in various fields, captains of industry, leaders of finance, and the heads of academia. It's said to be a safe place for the world's rich and powerful to discuss important topics freely without the pressures of the media. However, anytime a large group of the world's 1% decide to start a secret society, we tend to get a little weary, don't we? But is this a group of people working for the greater good, or just the world's largest lobbyist group aimed at pleasing billionaires? Or is it the weird-ass lizard people everyone's worried about running the government all the time? Let's see if we can figure it out. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. Alright, so this secret meeting or conference of the elite gets its name from the Bilderberg Hotel in Oosterbeek, Netherlands. I don't know if that's how you say it, but it starts with two O's and I'm saying Oosterbeek, okay? It's just a hilarious word. Oosterbeek, Netherlands, where the first gathering was held in May of 1954. That's right, these peeps have been around for a while. The meetings are a weekend-long conference, and absolutely no reporters are allowed in, unless they are on the guest list, of course. And all participants are bound by the Chatham House rule, which allows the participants to use any information that they gain during the meeting, but not to disclose the names of the speakers or any other participants. So you can say what went on, what was discussed, you just can't say who said it and who was there. Now, the rule is a system for holding debates and discussion panels on controversial topics, named after the headquarters of the UK Royal Institute of International Affairs, based in, you guessed it, Chatham House, London. That is where the rule originated in June of 1927. Now, the conference was initiated by Polish politician in exile, Joseph Rettinger, who, concerned about the growth of anti-Americanism in Western Europe, proposed an international conference at which leaders from European countries and the United States would be brought together with the aim of promoting Atlanticism, which, if you're unfamiliar with the term, is a better understanding between the cultures of the United States and Western Europe to promote cooperation in political, economic, and defense issues. Now, how do we decide who gets to come, right? Who is the elite? Well, the guest list was to be drawn up by inviting two attendees from each nation, one of each to represent conservative and liberal points of view, and the same tradition still holds for the guest list today. But a few more people attend. There's a little more than two per nation. 50 delegates from 11 countries in Western Europe attended the first conference along with 11 Americans. Now, past meetings have included people like Bill Clinton and Jeff Bezos, now, the success of the meeting prompted the organizers to arrange an annual conference. A permanent steering committee was established with Rettinger, you know, the exiled Polish politician who started this whole thing, appointed as permanent secretary. Now, as well as organizing the conference, the steering committee also maintained a register of attendee names and contact details with the aim of creating an informal network of individuals who could call upon one another in a private capacity. Now, these conferences have been held all over the world, in France, Germany, and Denmark. And in 1957, the first U.S. conference was held. 
on St. Simmons Island in Georgia with $30,000 from the Ford Foundation. So about two thirds of the participants come from Europe and the rest from North America. Historically, attendee lists have been weighted towards, you know, bankers, politicians, directors of large businesses and board members from large publicly traded corporations. Heads of state as well, including former King Juan Carlos I of Spain and former Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands have attended meetings. A source connected to the group told the media in 2013 that other individuals whose names are not publicly issued sometimes turn up at the group's meetings. And in an attempt at transparency in recent years, the group's guest list along with their agenda for the year is posted on an officially run website that pretty much anybody could look at, thebilderberggroup.org. Go check it out, it's in the sources as well. Now, the meeting for 2022 was held the weekend of June 2nd through the 5th and was held in Washington, D.C., right? Where else? Now, here are the key topics that were up for discussion. There was 14 topics discussed at this year's meeting. Number one, being geopolitical realignments. Number two, NATO challenges. Number three, China. Number four, Indo-Pacific realignment. Number five, Sino-US tech competition. Uh, number six, Russia. <laughs> Just Russia, they're probably on the list quite a bit. Uh, seven, continuity of government and the economy. Number eight, disruption of the global financial system. Number nine, disinformation. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, number 10, energy security and sustainability. Number 11, post-pandemic health. Number 12, fragmentation of democratic societies. Number 13, trade and deglobalization. And number 14, finally, is Ukraine. So the group's original goal of promoting Atlanticism has grown. The theme they claim now is to, quote, bolster a consensus around free market Western capitalism and its interests around the globe. Now, in 2001, Denise Healy, a Bilderberg Group founder and steering committee member for 30 years, said, quote, to say we are striving for a one world government is exaggerated, but not wholly unfair. Those of us in Bilderberg felt that we couldn't go on forever fighting one another for nothing and killing people and rendering millions homeless. So we felt that a single community throughout the world would be a good thing." End quote. Sheesh. You think so? Uh, according to the former chairman, Ntna Devignon, in 2011, a major attraction of Bilderberg Group meetings is that they provide an opportunity for participants to speak and debate candidly and to find out what major figures really think without the risk of off-the-cuff comments becoming fodder or controversy in the media. Now at the meetings, no resolutions are proposed. There are no votes taken and no policy statements issued. What participants do with the information learned at these meetings is completely up to them, and they do not have to discuss that with other members. Now, the group's rules do not contain a membership category, but former participants receive the annual conference reports. Now, partly because of its working methods to ensure strict privacy and secrecy, the Bilderberg Group has been criticized for its lack of transparency and accountability, as you can imagine. The very nature of the meetings has given rise to, you guessed it, conspiracy theories many of which have been popular at both extremes of the political spectrum. Some on the left accuse the Bilderberg Group of conspiring to impose capitalist domination. 
while some on the right have accused the group of conspiring to impose a world government and planned economy. Now, a rep for the group responded to this by saying, quote, it is unavoidable and it doesn't matter. There will always be people who believe in conspiracies, but things happen in a much more incoherent fashion. When people say this is a secret government of the world, I say that if we're a secret government of the world, we should be bloody ashamed of ourselves." End quote. <laughs> we have seen over and over again how these elitist groups have gathered under the vice of business and politics only to discover far more nefarious purposes, with the most recent example being that of the Epstein-Maxwell debacle. Now, I'm not saying this is a group of pedophiles who meet to have secret sex parties with children's slaves, but I'm not putting it past any of them at this time, okay? I think in recent history, with the exposure of all the evil things the rich and untouchable are doing, the trust of the general public has been lost. Of course, people like Jesse Ventura and Alex Jones don't really help. You know, being well-known conspiracy theory believers, they've had field days with such a secretive and powerful group. They made claims of the group being evil reptilian people who are set on one world government and mind control. I'm not sure why this advanced lizard species would be so set on making a united world government, especially considering the group is made up of the top 1% in the world. They have more money than the rest of the 99% combined. What do they want from the rest of the world? Nonetheless, it's easy to see why Bilderberg is a frequent target of conspiracy theorists, who credit it with selecting presidential candidates, creating the European Union, and instigating the war in Iraq and the bombing of Serbia, among other things. But are we giving this secret group too much power? Or do they already have too much, and the rest of us are just at their mercy? Either way, the Bilderberg group is real and active. Now, whether they're actively trying to make things better or actively trying to further their own agendas, that remains to be seen. There you have it. Bilderberg Group 101 right there. Now you're educated. Uh, you know, you're, you're all caught up. You know what the masses know, which is still not very much. Because, you know, what can we really do about it? I, I guess, like, like the one quote um, from the main part of the show there, where the guy was like, if we're a secret organization, if we're a secret government, we're doing a terrible job, right? And I... And I I tend to think that's what this is. I think it's just a bunch of rich, powerful people who are seeing what they can accomplish. Um, do some of them personally benefit? Of course, probably all of them, um, just by the connections, right? But also, I think some good can be done from this group. And of course, you know, good nowadays, especially speaking politically, um, is a very broad term, depending on who you're talking to. And I understand that. Um but at this point, there's no reason to think that this group, this organization, or whatever they are, has any nefarious intentions that I can tell. Um, but if there were, how would we know, right? 
I mean, I guess if you listen to Alex Jones, they're all lizards. So I don't know. I tend to think that, you know, there were kings, right? We had kings, we had rulers, we had a hierarchy, and we got rid of kings. But did we, though? I really don't think. I think that's what these people are. These people are old, old, old money, inherited money, uh, damn near royalty, maybe. And they have learned that it is better to hide in the shadows and collect your wealth than it is to, uh, to be the face, to be the one making all the decisions. I think the people who are truly in power have learned that if you are truly in power, it's best to remain anonymous because it's impossible to please everyone and there will always be large groups of people who are, who are upset with you. Um, so I, th- I think that's what the Bilderberg Group is. It's, it's modern-day kings and queens, right? that are making decisions behind the scenes or seeing what they can accomplish. I don't know. Uh, Speaking of what we can accomplish, let's see what Lauren can accomplish in this week's Lauren Synopsis. All right? I'm interested to see what he dug up. See you guys on the other side. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Break it down the case like. Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Break it down the case like. Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here. Here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. The Bilderberg meetings. A secret once-a-year meeting of 130, give or take, uh, people who are the world's elite. You know, uh, royalty, um, CEOs, uh, you know, the the billionaires, the people pulling the strings behind the scenes, the puppet masters. They all get together at, at a different location each time. It's protected from the public by the police and whoever they hire to protect them. And there are things that are discussed, apparently, and these things, these ideas get out there, but they're not accredited to anyone at the meeting as to protect themselves, as they tend to do in many different ways. Um, And ultimately, I think it's mostly a circle jerk, if I'm being honest with you. As much as I, I, I think there's also, you know, changes to our societies that occur because of these meetings things like, uh, you know, the Bilderberg meetings, uh, the world economic forum, all of these meetings with the powerful elites, there's no doubt, you know, changes on the ground for our, for our lives that, you know, that come about from their meetings. But at the same time, I also think it's ultimately them getting together to protect them where they're at. I don't know that they're trying to get a whole lot more because they already have the world in their fingers. Like I think it's them getting together and basically agreeing and going, how do we maintain our position in the world, which is that of king among peasants? Like everyone else is under our thumb below us and we can basically do whatever we want. And how do we keep it that way? I kind of like it here. I like the power I have. This is human nature at its finest. Um, we, as a species, are so flawed. And when you give us the kind of power that these people have, they cannot give it back. They can't. And so, you know, this is a way for them to all just get together. It's been going on since after World War II, since the 50s, the Rockefellers involved. And it's these powerful elite families. There's there's nepotism. There's 
these, these elements of protecting their wealth, protecting their power, protecting their influence. And that's all these are. And if they try to say otherwise and say that they're, they're all for the interest of the world of the people of the world, they're, they're full of shit because if they were, they would allow the people of the world to have say in what the fuck's going on and have a say in, in their meetings. They would have, have a group of people representing someone from each country, you know, multiple people. They'd have a group from each country uh, of the world allowed to attend and report on what was said, what was discussed, have input, you know, at some point during these conferences or whatever conversations they're having, throw it to the common man and let them have their say. That's They're not interested in that. They're interested in protecting their nut. They're a squirrel that has a whole giant horde of nuts, more than they need, and they're interested in protecting that, and they don't give a damn about anything else. That's my opinion of it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it's really as simple as that and not as much on the world domination front as far as like enslaving the human race, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, but I just really hope that it's more fun for them to play the game where people get to think they have a say in things and people think like, you know, the common people like us get to think we have a chance to get to where they're at. I think that they like that more than enslaving everyone that's almost like the game is being played on rookie mode at that point for them um i'd like to think it that way it gives me a little comfort to think that they're not trying to completely matrix this shit and just have us in little pods and just sucking power from us but uh who knows anyways i hope you guys enjoyed my take on it and we'll see you next week All right, Lauren, uh, thank you for that synopsis. That may be one of the best synopsises. That's one of my favorite so far. Um, brilliantly put, I, I really do. I hope the same. I hope these are just a bunch of rich assholes who are just meeting to network and further promote their own kingdoms or whatever, and uh, they're not looking to... It's like, it's what else can they take right <laughs> from the world? It's like they're already at, at, the, uh, at the top, um, but these conspiracies about enslaving the human race, I just don't understand what more they would gain from that. Um, I mean, these people can literally buy whatever they want, go wherever they want. Um, I just don't know what enslaving an entire human race is, it would uh, would accomplish, but uh, we know how crazy people can get with power, right? Especially if you've always had it. You get bored, right? Remember Squid Game? We talked about Squid Game on here a few times. I think that shit happens. Squid Game happens. <laughs> it's somewhere. It's absolutely somewhere. But, all right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this, uh, what Lauren call it, circle jerk. Uh, that is the Bilderberg group. <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed this interesting little uh, little lesson. I was, would say history lesson, but it's still happening. It's their uh, Bilderberg group is still secretly write, rewriting history and writing it for us all to to learn the truth, right? <laughs> all right, guys. Well, if you, uh, if you appreciate what we do here at True Crime Guys Productions, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash truecrimeguys, where for just five bucks a month, less than one of your Starbucks coffees, less than a gallon of gas if you're on the West Coast, you can get access to everything we make at True Crime Guys Productions. And I guarantee you it's so much you'll never catch up. You'll never catch up be like, oh, yeah, well, I, I, I benched everything. Well, not on Patreon. Not on Patreon. There's so much on there. 
Seriously, we're adding new stuff all the time, and old episodes will be going off of the free platform and into the True Crime Guys vault, which, you guessed it, is also available on Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash truecrimeguys. There is a link right below the description of this episode. Guys, you can also check out the True Crime Guys channel on YouTube. And on the free episodes of Strange Shorts that we have here on the Strange and Unexplained platform, uh, we have video version as well. So you can put a face to me and Andy here, and you can also see um, every free episode of True Crime Guys in video format as well. So you can put a face to uh, me and Lauren's mugs here, or me and Lauren's voices, rather. And uh, yeah, get a little more insight on the show. Uh, My lovely wife, Kristen, edits those videos for us and puts in photos so you guys don't have to google every time we mention something yeah it's real convenient so if you're a youtube fan go on there and give us a uh give us a old subscribe smash that subscribe button as they like to say on youtube all right guys give us a follow on social media at sandu podcast at true crime guys uh on social media all over the place we also have two musical albums on spotify if you are a fan of true crime guys and a fan of the intros that we make the all original intros that we make for those um we have released some of our favorites in the form of two killer mixtapes as we call them so if you go on spotify artist search true crime guys or you can type in uh true crime guys killer mixtape and you should see volume one and two right there all right all right guys that's pretty much it links to everything below as well as sources and i will talk at you guys next week all right until then be strange just don't be strangers see ya You hush your mouth, boy.